Welcome back to Look Who's Talking. It's episode 35. We're fired up. Dez is a saint. The Cowboys are stuck. And football's about to change in ways you've never believed. And Teddy Bridgewater was the guy who started it. Here we go. Freestyle. Rock the microphone. Straight from the top of my dome. All right, welcome back to Look Who's Talking, everybody. I'm your host, Jeff Hewlett. Thanks for joining us for episode 35 of your favorite NFL podcast. Uh, we hope to bring you smart, funny football advice that's putting money in our pockets, your pockets, lots of pockets. We like pockets. Um, yeah, uh, wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us. All you Look Who's Talkers everywhere. Uh, hola, bonjour, ni hao, priviet. Hello. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for sharing. Uh, and subscribe to the podcast. It's uh, it's growing. It's because of you. You guys rock. Joined as always by uh, Weird Michael. How are you, Weird Mike? I am much better now that I've officially spun out of the keto fog. Yeah, he was doing about a half keto diet. We'll get into that. About <laughs> three quarters. Yeah. How many hash browns did I get you? Yeah, the last <laughs> few days have been a bit of a slide, but I finally spun out of the fog and... Uh, yeah. Columbia's just a week away. Big week in sports, man. Oh, yeah, you go to Columbia, eh? T-minus seven. This is a warning. The entire country of Columbia, you have one week. Uh, Lord, perhaps you could help with that. Uh, joined, as always, by our fantasy guru, Brent Waits, the voice of God. Join him on Twitter for fantasy tips. And uh, you can use those fantasy tips for props if you like some real dough. And uh, how are you, sir? I'm great, Jeffrey. Oh, Do baby. You, does the Lord know where Levy and Bell is going slash is he returning to the Steelers because no one else knows. I don't even think he knows if you've been reading his Twitter. He's going d- down, like he, to fire. Yeah. Down, not going to heaven. Not going to heaven? Not when he screws over the Lord's fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's become like a worldwide thing. Like I'm hearing it on late night TV. It was a question in this HQ game. I'm not sure if you guys know about oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yo, HQ is awesome. HQ is for real. Taking over the world, man. Nine o'clock every night. You're le- you're a Late adapter to it. I know. I late know. joiner. My buddy Chris uh, Mackley's like, show me. I, yeah, I'm late to the party, but it's a good party. All right. We should make a sports thing about this and get rich. I'm t- we'll talk about this after the show. Sports specific. Yes. You Copyright. Know, something doing like it that. Uh, anyway, it was a, a question on HQ. The fourth question was uh, number, you know, fantasy first round pick who was holding out, you know, this year that's disappointing everybody. <laughs> Answer to Le'Veon Bell. Wow. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of hearing about Lev Bell. I think he For is real. too. He is too. Yeah. He had an angry tweet or something saying, everybody just mind your damn biz. All right? And I'm going to mind my damn biz. Le'Veon, do you, bro. All right? Uh, when you decide to do you, we'll see you on Sunday. All right, bro? Let's do it. Well, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of like some stuff he told his teammates that maybe rene- that he reneged on. I respect his decision. You know, if he wants some money, he's protecting his body for his family's big payday. There's some respect there too. However, like I give a farv about your fantasy team. However, on the other side of the coin, if I was making you know roughly 14 million dollars a year, and one of the prices, you know, one of the some of the price of business of that is that everybody's involved with my business and my life. Yep, sure. Put the money in the bank and speculate all you want. I'll go ride my Farvin jet ski in Miami for all I care. All right? The Jets are going to pay me. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a lot of good stuff going on. I was just watching you. I was watching you get ready for the show. Uh, okay. Weird Mike. And this is nothing against you, okay? But right, sure some- will be, but <laughs> I'm, I'm into it. No, no, no. no but I mean this. And I bet I'm not alone on this. It is weird watching a left-handed person right <laughs> you know i'm just realizing now that you're a righty and i thought you were a lefty and it just looked weird never mind the whole time yep wow I, I like a mirror effect or something my buddy lee's left-handed and i always thought it was weird watching him right it just sucks sitting beside those kids in school you're bumping elbows oh yeah massive problem get out of here and i got nothing wrong with lefties or anyone of any kind you know there's you know, bad good. people do good things. Good people do bad things. I got nothing against lefties. My pops is a lefty, and all the catered events Italians go to, I'm always sitting to the left of them, and we're both clanking elbows when we're trying to slice <laughs> our prime rib or dig into our pasta. Huck, it's a big deal. Huck Media just reminded me here in, the, in Centennial Studios that he's also a lefty, and I know I know this because we well we lived overseas together, and we, you know, I've watched him do everything, and yeah, the lefty like he's always smudging everything he just wrote. 
It must be oh, a nightmare. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. I know. It's a good time to be alive for the lefties because you don't get like beaten anymore like they used to. Like they used to think it was witchcraft. Like, right. Like the devil. beat with a birch rod. They used to beat them like the Simpsons beat snakes. Yeah. <laughs> Look to the left or left in Italian is Sinestra. What's that mean? Because the kids who were left-handed were like a demon child. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, and it's guarda la, la destra and la sinestra, right and left. But whenever you People watch... Whenever, definitely like burned at the stake at one point, I'm sure of it. <laughs> no. Whenever, whenever you watch lefties do stuff, especially right, it's just weird. It's like, I, you question for a second, like, are you an alien? Oh, no. Okay. I find the lefties are more fluid at performing right-handed tasks than the writers are at left-handed tasks. Well, they have to be. As Ned Flanders points out, everything in the world's meant for righties. <laughs> Lee, I'm getting you. Look who's talking is getting you a pair of left-handed scissors. All right? <laughs> you can get them at the left porium. Um, anyway, spent, I spent this weekend uh, with our voice of God uh, up in a little slice of heaven known as Kearney, Ontario. Um it's called the Little Big Town for a reason. Anyway, we were raising a bunch of money for the a uh, bunch of money or food, I guess, for the food bank. We raised one thousand one hundred pounds of food. Yeah, for the, the, for the Carney Car- Lions Club. Carney Lions Club. Well done, gentlemen. Um, yeah, it was sweet. Your dad was Santa Claus, and yep. uh, he's a Farvin legend. Pencil him in for yeah. that for life. Yeah, and uh, as we were, uh, so thanks to everyone involved with that. That was a great time. And it's nice to do something nice at Christmas. Just gets you in that sort of George Bailey spirit, which I pledge. I'll do. I won't be doing more of. Feels good. Uh, so thank you, to everyone involved. But funny thing happened. It was kind of crazy. We were drinking at the Legion after, and I bet a million Farvin good stories have started like this. Okay, I was drinking with the lead at the Legion after some Labatt fifties. Woo! You have to. And uh, actually got introduced to the original owner of my twenty-year-old car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ever heard this. This the, is amazing. I know. I bought this car. It was four owners ago off Craig Waits, uh, voice of God's brother. Yeah, the Lord has a brother, you know, little known part of uh, the book of Jeremiah. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, so she's, I get introduced to this beautiful, wonderful old lady named Diane. Yep. Can't pump that the car's still going. I didn't want to tell her it's like, you know, barely still going. Yeah, it's best she didn't see the car. Right. <laughs> yes. Anyway, oh, it's great. I shine it every day. Yeah, yeah. She she was pumped. She's like, you know, she took care of it back in the day. And uh, anyway, it was co- kind of a cool cross-generational thing. <laughs> um, speaking of my car, if you ever need anything in the world, it's in my trunk. All right? I'm ready for farm and everything. Uh, yeah. Lot, a lot of big stuff. I'm looking at this Bills logo on this football right now. And uh, oh, man, the Bills... Uh, it's back to the old days. Listen to Bill's radio. It's like doom and gloom. It's like the soldiers, the, the orcs from Mordor are coming. It's, Playoffs were fun though last yeah, year. Yeah, that was a grim memory. Anyway, uh, that they gave up. That, that wasn't any good. But more importantly, Dallas uh, doesn't even know that they suck. And uh, that's what Troy Aikman was like really upset with. Oh. Do you hear Troy? Oh yeah, yeah. He let them have it, which. He's not He's not like that, but how can you not? Yeah, he really came out of his shell because I think this was the first time. One week ago, they traded the first-round pick, the currency of getting a franchise quarterback, and then watched this team that doesn't have a franchise quarterback just like the rest of the world did on Monday night, last night, or two nights ago, against the Titans. Uh, but they think they do, though. You hear Jerry Jerry comes out, and he's saying, oh, yeah, Dak's our quarterback, and we're, we're giving him an extension. Right. Like, the radio guy wasn't asking for that. Yeah. Like, he could have given some vague, like, bullshit, like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But no, no, he's getting that extension. And you want to know why? It's because they're stuck. They traded the first-round pick. What are they going to do now? And that first-round pick, look, they got three wins and a really tough schedule. And again, they don't have a good quarterback. So that first round pick they traded Oakland that might turn into like a fifth overall pick you know you could have literally sat there and drafted the franchise guy even if you win a couple games package that with next year's first round pick get your pick of the litter because not a lot of quarterback needy teams the yeah the NFC East is pumped if they resign him he's the worst quarterback in the division absolutely I mean yeah there's there's nothing that I enjoyed more about that Monday night game (laughs) Than watching Jerry Jones watch the Dallas Cowboys in prime time blow up. He's biting his nails. He's got his kid Steven beside him. They got the exact same mannerisms. They don't even know it. They're doing the exact same thing, leaning the same way, biting the same nail, the same f- eyebrow fluff. Like it's 
crazy. And I think that's why he said what he said on the radio about Dak, about automatically resigning right. him. Because he knew that the whole country and all the football world was Everybody watching was him grimace and like seeing the agony that was undeniable in his body language. Yeah. So he had to kind of show face and not tank the rest of the season by saying Dak's our guy. He didn't have to say he's going to toss him 120 mil. Yeah. Right. What's, but, you know, Jerry likes to do Jerry things. Yeah. Like, how much of a narcissist are you? that right. you, you have to go, you have a scheduled radio interview. Like, what other owner in the league does that? Like, <laughs> yeah. sit, like, enjoy your money and just chill out. Right. Like, hire a competent coach and good people around you and just enjoy your senior years. Well, this is what Aikman kind of couldn't say, is that he's not going to fire himself. He's the, basically the general manager of the team. He's not going to fire his son. And they are the talent evaluators. They're the guys that decided we have Dak we we're, we're we're basically there. We need a receiver. No, it's like you know what? Get a new paint job for your car that doesn't have a working engine. All right, it's you're misevaluating what's wrong with your car. You'd fire the mechanic. Troy's saying you're misevaluating what's wrong with your team, and you fire the GM, but you can't. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're they're stuck. I I think so, I heard someone on the radio earlier uh, say that. You'd rather be the Raiders because at least they they know they're bad. They got first round picks up the ass, a bunch of cap money. Okay, there's a chance that they finish with a better record than the Cowboys. I'll tell you the one thing that's saving the Cowboys: is their defense looks awesome. Yes. They're getting all these turnovers. I mean, late touchdown sealed the deal. But Dak's not even leading drives. What do you expect them to do? Short field. Jalen Smith pick. out of Notre Dame, the guy who got hurt, looks amazing. Anyway, it doesn't. It's all for naught though. Because their schedule is really tough. They got Philly twice. They got Washington. They got the Giants again. Anyway, it's it really tough. Check it out. We'll yeah. post it. Yeah, Dak's, Dak's not the guy. I see, yeah, no, and I see them only winning a couple more games, being in a prime draft spot, and then watching Oakland, you know, well, they use it. It would have been in a prime draft spot. Yeah, and it won't even be Oakland. It'll be the Las Vegas Raiders. And it'll be classic Gruden. He's going to hit a home, home run, run with that pick. Yep. And by the way, Khalil Mack is still hurt. Just want to point that out. How about that, eh? Still hurts. Year one of $141 million. Uh, yeah, we are uh, fired up for a big weekend. Uh, just last weekend, you know, best, worst, anything screw you? I had a elusive triple checkmark props win. And the Saints Ram, America's Game of the Week, lived up to the hype. Breeze to Thomas, over yards. Pass and Thomas reception. But what happened to the ticket, Mike? Tell everybody. The ticket was accidentally ripped up one hour prior <laughs> to the game. Got, prior to the game beginning, <laughs> as it got looped into the uh, early set pro line graveyard. So the point is, is that Mike rips all his tickets as soon as he thinks they've lost. Correct. He's done this prior to games actually ending, and this has been actually a problem before, at least once. The point is, is that when a ticket loses, you don't have to rip it. You could just throw it out. That's that's the stupid tax. Don't throw it, it out. It costs money to be dumb, and I, so, you know, I lose things. It, it happens. Right. But. Well, if you're a convenience store owner out there, I'm coming and hoping to find you because I got four pieces. It's ripped. The barcode in, is intact. It's ripped though. in four places. If you've ever done, that, just, just stop doing that. Yeah, he's just, not. He's not even convinced. You're not addicted stop. to heroin. No, just, just stop. He's got an OCD thing about ripping shit. I mean, it is accidentally. Placed in the dead pile. He smelled the milk. You gotta rip the dead pile. You he, just don't keep around the dead pile. You tell just, him, Hernsey. No, it's not true. You don't rip tickets ever. No ripping tickets, folks. Hashtag don't just rip your draw tickets. Draw on them. Do it. Get a sharpie. Don't be a we'll, farmer. We'll buy you a sharpie and problem solved. There you go. You, you can, can just try X it out. So speaking of throwing up the X, woo! We're going to the voice of God for news that matters. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Okay. All right, all right. Thank you, Jeffrey. No problem. The news that matters. The, uh, we had a lot of awesome games this weekend. Yes, we did. Uh, a lot of Vegas isn't happy about, which we'll talk about later. Right. But right now, just give it a little rundown, a recap of some of the bigger games that were. The Rams and Saints, the game of the week. Holy crap. Uh, really did not disappoint. It was an absolute shootout for four quarters. Yeah. The undefeated Rams heading to a, for a road win. They hadn't really had a you know an impressive road win thus far. Um, heading down to Louisiana to take on Drew Brees and the Smoking Hot Saints, which are basically undefeated because they haven't lost since week one, which, like, how long ago does that feel? Right, that, if, was, that was when weird. When Fitzmagic was a thing. Weird Mike's survivor pick for yeah. the start of the year. 
right? The only game the Saints lost cost me two, two and a half. Hashtag Men- watch out mental. for the wedges. It's the, yeah, it's this, the season of quarters. But um, anyways, yeah, the uh, absolute shootout for four quarters. Um, Alvin Kamara just going off for three TDs, no big deal. As we mentioned earlier, quiet touchdowns. It's like you didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, no, they just snuck up kind of. Uh, Michael Thomas off also just balling out 211 yards, including a touchdown. Absolute beauty. Um, but yeah, it was obviously, yeah, the uh, the Saints came out on top. A lot of NFL power rankings that has now moved them to the top. Yep. And what, yeah, what'd you guys say? We've Kyle? been saying this on this show since week three that the Saints are looking a bit special this year. Now, we do our show on Wednesdays, post the podcast on Thursdays. A ton of money uh, last week in Vegas came in on the Rams. Now, Vegas did get hammered uh, as far as the rest of the games, but the one game they did pretty well was actually the Saints-Rams game because mil- that's, the Saints were favored by one and a half to two. And then, so we did our show on Wednesday, and I picked the Saints to win by, like, I had them at two. Yep. Stayed on it. It was my favorite game this weekend. Uh Jump the fence, four points. Millions of dollars from betters in Vegas came in on the Rams, and it went to the Rams minus two. And the Saints still uh, got through because it's a quarterback's game. And in the end, if you got two teams that are pretty even with weapons, coaching and other stuff, I'll take Drew Brees and his experience versus a guy who looks like he could be pretty good and is having a great year. You know, that's what it came down to. And a D that stepped up versus one that's, you know, so-so right now. Goff's eyes hugged his receiver, and that linebacker made an excellent athletic play. Don't get me wrong. Goff Goff would normally get away with that, but that interception pretty much sealed the deal. I also really like how Marcus Peters, uh, you know, stepped up in the locker room afterward that was, you know, you know, obviously he's been, you know, kind of getting torched lately with a keep to leave out of, out of the lineup. And he's just like, yeah, I'm playing like shit. I'm going to be better. I'm like, wow. Yep. Didn't expect that. Good on you. You know what, though? That I'll, I mean, while in most respects, I do like that. I, you know, I, I respect that notion that, you know, you come out and you own it. However, from a guy who's never done that before and had some, also, you know, some bad games before as well, like last year in Kansas City, thus why Kansas City let him go. It's because he's a bit desperate. And like that, what else do you do at this point? Because he's been beaten so consistently. The Vikings lit him up, you know. And with Talib, uh, Akib Talib gone, he's now on, you know, the prime receiver. Uh, he was the number one guy. In I don't think though. this and- problem's going away. Is my point. I don't think he's going to get better next week. I don't. I think That's there was. Me. I think he can. He can. That was not his best self. And Akib Talib is supposed to be back for Week 13. So yeah, yeah. The the defense has room to improve, and I think they'll get there. I think Peters is going to be a weak spot for him for the rest of the year. Anyway, anyway, uh, moving on to Sunday Night Football in beautiful Foxborough, Massachusetts. Uh, Brady and the boys even the score against Rogers and Co. The series uh, of the goats basically now one one. Now easy with the series of the sorry, goats. Sorry. You're, no, I as soon as I said it, I didn't like it either. Right. Because social media has really blown up on this. Like, oh, look at this goat versus that goat. It's like, no, no, the goat is singular. Yes. It's the greatest of all times. So you can't have two like, no, no, no. It, you know, even the the video they had goats headbutting each I know, other that was during cool, the game. Though. I love and it. It was hilarious. Yeah. The tom goat was a lot more rambunctious. You have to, you have to remind yourself that the goats are okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they have thick skulls. They're, after they're, like two hits, you like. Jesus. But, uh, yeah, battle of, uh, yeah, the best quarterbacks of this era and arguably all time. But, yeah, super tight game uh, up until the fourth quarter when uh, Mr. Aaron Jones uh, decided it was a good time for a red zone fumble. I mean, it wasn't really his fault. He was uh, punched out in the red zone. Uh, But, yeah, I really thought the pack were walking away with this. They had kind of the momentum at that time. And then, yeah, fourth quarter, Brady puts up 14 more points. And yeah, that's all she wrote. Thirty-one, seventeen. Pats fumble uh, definitely changed the game again for for Aaron. Again, he's really snake bit with stuff that's not always his fault. But it's like you should have, you shouldn't be in that position. You're so good at quarterbacking that like that onside kick against Seattle in the playoffs a couple years that the guy just. You know, remember Seattle got it back? Just separate earlier in the game. You, yeah, like, exactly. Not everything's a Cinderella fourth quarter right. comeback. Like, like Drew Brees got himself in a position where one turnover wasn't going to cost him the game against the Rams, and that's the difference. And yeah, and I mean, it, yeah, that's sort of the narrative in the in the media that it's never Roger's fault. It's right. like, oh, if only his teammates. It's like, they're all professionals. Like, yeah. he, he could have been better. He, he didn't have an amazing now, game. Again, there's some stuff that's really unlucky. But like, uh, in, in the gray area where it's not always black and white, Getting the gray, 
Uh, Aaron the, could be not in those positions as much. And don't be so frustrated all the time. Jesus, man. Enjoy it. Protect he, the when rock. When he's enjoying football, it looks like he's faking it. And when he's frustrated, that looks like the normal guy. Whereas when Favre played, he looks like he was at recess his entire career. Besides like 5% of the time, you're like, oh, what's wrong with Brad? He looks upset, you know? Recess, you say, huh? Yeah, recess, baby. Watch out. Great show. Also, going to be something big. Well, I'll tell you one day. <laughs> Sneak peek. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Voice of God, for the news and uh, for every hymn ever. We got a lot of comments on our singing a couple episodes ago. We promise we won't do that anymore. <laughs> I made no promises, everybody. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Des becoming a saint. Did I did I blow that in the intro for you? No, but also yeah, news that matters. Yes. Um, pretty awesome. Yeah, Mister Mister Des Bryant after taking you know nine weeks off this year, mm-hmm. not joining the Browns. Great call, <laughs> holding up for more money. Yeah, if I'm going to Cleveland, you better give me a, a Brinks truck. Contagious. It's but, contagious. Uh, yeah, he is now a member of the New Orleans Saints, so that is huge. That was announced officially today. There was rumblings uh, on Tuesday. And if you were smart enough to DM us as we talked on Instagram uh, into or hit me up on Twitter, that was one of the hot tips of the week was that there were strong rumors that Des was signing with New Orleans. It makes sense for everyone. Uh, so, yeah, you should have picked him up on Fantasy Waivers last night on Tuesday before he was officially signed, like I did in one league, and Mr. Huck Media did Huck Media, in our league of record. Huck Media, our producer, picked up Des. Sneaky, saw that. Sneaky, sneaky good ass. Sly ad. like a mustached fox. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I think it's, yeah, it really is the, the best situation for both parties. Um, you know, Des is, he's not the number one guy. Michael Thomas is still a stud. There's still Ingram. The there's still a Kamara. One. He's a big body. He's, you know, he's some experience more than Traquan Smith, the rookie. Um, you know, Cameron Meredith has really flamed out there. So I think it's great. I don't just think this is great. I think this is just next level. Here's what's going to happen. Some of the best offenses ever that we've ever seen didn't have one stud receiver. They've all had multiple stud receivers. Okay. The past three record-breaking offenses that we've seen. Okay. The, the almost perfect Patriots. Okay, the you, Broncos. You think Brady Moss, right? Yeah, the Broncos, obviously with May- Manning, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius. Demarius Thomas, and Julius Thomas, tight end, mm-hmm. and Wes Welker for the record-breaking year. See where he was also with the Patriots, with Moss and Stallworth. Okay, uh, make getting Moss either obviously some double teams, but if you were going to hardcore double team uh, Moss, you got Stallworth one on one. You got Welker. You got Welker one on one. Right now, it was Kamara uh, and Michael Thomas as the main guys that could actually get separation or make plays on the ball. Now you got Dez against their sub, you know, one, basically their number two defensive back. Yeah. Uh, They're not going to ask. He doesn't need to be the number one. He doesn't need to be the star. And he's not going to get double covered. No. And it's Drew Brees throwing the ball, not Dak Prescott. He'll go back to more Tony Romo-ish uh, maybe not numbers because he's obviously sharing catches Michael Thomas, but you're and uh, even just with the record-breaking offenses, the Vikings back in the day, it wasn't just Culpepper to Moss; he had Carter on the other side. Sure, this did. is going to get Mike, Michael Thomas even more open. Mr. Falk, I the Carter Saints himself. just went from having an excellent offense. They added a 30-year-old, you know, ex-Pro Bowler wide receiver, healthy as far. Okay, Des just got lucky. Okay, oh, the he only, did. The only teams that he wanted to play for. We're going into Dallas. There was like five teams left that he was going to say yes to play for because right. he wanted that revenge game. Right. Prima Donna stuff. I get why the Saints did it. Uh, I didn't know they were that thin behind Thomas until the game of the week. Yeah. And he was the only one throwing to. Uh, but Des got lucky, yo. <laughs> Plain and simple. I think All so, right? too. It's mutually beneficial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hope so. Because I think the Saints got... A lot of parallels to another team that I used to watch, the 2014 Spurs basketball. Okay, oh, yeah. hear me out for a second. Yeah, right. Okay. 2014 Spurs won the net, won the NBA championship. What happened a year before? Right to the end. Miracle Ray Allen three cost them the title. With a couple of seconds left in With game six. With a couple six. of seconds left in game six, the game before the game. Right. Saints last year, miracle in Minnesota. Right. We're on the march. What did they both do the next year? The Spurs undeniable march to the finals, okay? They both got an iconic superstar that buys in, Breeze and Duncan. They both have a sarcastic, entrenched coach that could do whatever they want. And, you know, regarded as a highly 
you know, smart mind in the game. And again, that undeniable mission. And I feel the Saints are on that mission. And I hope that Des doesn't derail that mission. I don't think he is, but it's it's a chance that they're taking. What are you going to do? Oh, 14 Spurs, 18 Saints. Sean Payton leadership, I just trust. It's like if you're an issue, you're at the door. Right. This isn't some Mickey, like, you know, it's it's Belichick. There's a handful of guys in the league that's like, yeah, okay, peace. Peterson came in last year. And he's like, nope, you know, you want more carries? Get out of here. You're, you're, it's good to know that Payton has the clout to just drop the axe on Dez right. if it doesn't work two weeks in. Right. And it was all about that Dallas return. And he checks out after or something. Not to mention, as the Saints... You are getting such a fucking determined Des Bryant. You know? He's healthy. He doesn't even have to stay healthy for the full season. He needs half a season and some playoff games. Okay? And he wants to prove everybody wrong. He wants another big contract. He gets to play the Cowboys week 13. You couldn't be getting Des in a better situation. And for Des, you're right. Good take on the Spurs, by the way. It's like the smartest thing I've ever heard you say. Um, maybe it's the hood or the lack of moose, or maybe it's because you're not plowing olives right now. I don't know, but keep it up. That's good. But the acid level is down. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into our hue picks in a bit because we are still pretty darn hot. Woo! Gold picks going four weeks in a row. But you know what? I see something coming, and I think I see it before everybody else. And I promised you, look who's talkers, that I always reveal these truths to you before they happened. Football is about to change forever. It's going to change at the end of this season. I believe in the playoffs, we'll see a glimpse of it. We'll be talking about it all offseason, and it will be the wave of the future for offensive football. And it all started with Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> this brings me to my truth of the week. Hey. Hey, you might have just made a fact just now. That's some real shit. The truth of the week, folks, is that somewhere down the line in the next few years, the days of one quarterback on the field will be over. Multi-quarterback formations are coming. Get ready for it. There's a couple of uh, lower division schools already doing it because it's the only way they can compete. See, if you ever seen the movie We Are Marshall when they lost their whole team and they had to compete. What a movie. What a movie. Great movie. And they had to compete against teams that were physically better. They learned the veer. You learn different ways that haven't been taught how to be defended, okay? And football evolves. You barely used to pass the ball. Then some guy named Don Coriel came by and pretty much changed the game. You know, went from passing about 25% of the time to 60, okay? And that was in the late 70s, early 80s. Bill Walsh took that over, changed the game with Joe Montana. We're throwing shotgun all the time. College football went to spread formations and no huddle offenses. Pro football soon followed. Chip Kelly's Oregon offense started barely doing huddles. They were just throwing up pictures from the sidelines, playing 80 snaps a game on offense. The point of defense was just so gassed that it was over, scoring 60 points a game. Didn't matter what they were running. Didn't matter what they were running because they just figured that they would just tire out the defense, make them not be able to substitute. Football evolves, and then everybody copies. Tom Brady started throwing to his tight ends because nobody was being able to cover them. Then everybody started drafting to be able to cover, you know, the Hernandez and Gronk for that one crazy year they were playing. R.I.P. Point is, football evolves. The Saints and Sean Payton, their forward-thinking offensive coach, is changing football right before our eyes, and I think he's setting us up for a beautiful finale in the playoffs. About a month ago, for a play, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Brees, and Hill were all on the field at the same time. Three quarterbacks. Bridgewater lined up top right receiver position. Drew Brees was at the bottom. Sean Hill faked a pass, ended up running the ball in. Point is, it didn't matter. He's just showing that on tape. This could turn into anything. The University of Louisiana Monroe has a series of plays where they have both quarterbacks, their one and one A quarterback on the field. And for a couple of plays, and we'll post the video on our account, on our Facebook account, follow us on Instagram at Hughes Talking, okay? Where they line up in what looks like a double wildcat. Two quarterbacks side by side in shotgun. One of the guys gets the hut, 
and they run a run-pass option, basically, but they're running it to another quarterback. So even after the run option has happened, the handoff has happened, that guy is still a quarterback. All of the options are still available. Now imagine there's a third quarterback on the field lined up at receiver who can also play receiver. We see that all the time. Terrell Pryor, for instance. My point is the Saints are setting us up for something, and I think we're going to see it because, as the Philly special proved, these offenses and defenses know each other so well because they're all the same coordinators stemming from the same coaching trees. And yeah, you do add little wrinkles here and there. But in the end, in the playoffs, when you got all the tape and two weeks to study it on everybody, you need a bunch of crazy plays like this. You need a bunch of two-point conversions. And you need to convert third and 11 when they've seen your whole playbook. So why don't you mix it up with another quarterback on the field? They used to be scared of stuff like this. Too many fumbles. Oh, you know, too many quarterbacks, too confusing. The quarterbacks couldn't catch. Quarterbacks can't catch. They can't run. They're not athletes. Now they are. I'm looking at the Ravens blow this opportunity. They got Lamar Jackson and Flacco. You know what their plan is? Flacco on first down and second down. Run. Pass. Third and three. Bring Lamar in. Flacco's up top and they never use him. And it's Lamar throwing for three, uh, running for three downs. And then, you know, in the third quarter, he's going to throw one. No confusion whatsoever. He may as well be Ronnie Brown out there. You have a Heisman Trophy candidate? Winner? Winner. Winner. Next to a guy you're paying $100 million and you take the ball out of his hands on third down. Okay? It's like me taking my girl out for dinner, lighting the fire when we get home. Okay? And then someone else comes in to finish the job. That's third down. That's what you pay me for. You're paying me $100 million. Put the ball in my hand on third down. Maybe I'll give it to another quarterback. Maybe I won't. Confused? So is the defense. Welcome to the future. I think we'll see it in the playoffs this year. And in the next few years, multiple quarterbacks will just be it. In fact, I think I'll be telling my kids about the days where we used to just have one. And he'll be like, why, Dad? And I'll be like, I don't know. Because <laughs> that's not confusing at all. <laughs> anyway, truth of the week, folks. Get ready for multiple quarterbacks. The Saints are bringing it. Woo! That's going to suck for defensive coordinators of the future. Yes. Like divorce rates going way up. Oh, yeah. Like you're Guys sleeping at the office. Preparing for two quarterbacks, or, two packages. Or two, three. Yeah. You know? My, my, my head just exploded. Harbaugh in Baltimore is the last bit of that old school. That'll never do that. Yeah. And he's got potentially the best situation of that yeah. with Flacco. I know, a couple of football coaches listen to our show. One of them, Coach Potikvar, I know he's losing his mind right now. He's like, Jeff, we're not putting... Two quarterbacks on the field at Carmel. Yes, we are, Coach. I'll see you next. Woo! They do it at the goal line, too. It's not just third down. Like, oh, I love it. He marches them the whole and field. Set, the point is he's setting it all up to just blow people away because you'll have studied what the tendencies are, where Hill will run it, you know, the shovel passes. We're going to see some crazy shit. I love it. All right. So am I uh, hijacking honors? Yeah, on you the, take uh, honors, I guess. I was 3-3 three and three on my Hugh picks. My goal pick won again. We almost owned the podium, but Denver screwed us with McManus's field goal. Uh, literally, we would have owned the podium again. We would have been 4-2. and two. I decided not to mess with the football gods and did not make a podium parlay. There you go. I told you and not to. There you go. Anyway, uh, we uh, Hugh picks went 3-3-1. Three, three and one. We are 28-29-1 for the season because I was 3-3 three and three going into Monday night. And I got a bit greedy and went with the Cowboys because it was such an important game. In my mind, I'm sure Garrett can get fired at some point. Like, it's not, you know, unless he has some sort of weird Russian pee pictures, uh, you know, which can get you a lot in this world. He might. It's more of them than you think, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Jerry, Jerry's got some skeletons. <laughs> it, was just, it was just such an important game. And with the defense playing the way they, they did, I mean, with two fumbles in the first quarter in Tennessee's zone. Oh, brutal. Coming off a bye, Dallas, you suck. Awful. And very disappointing. So we're three and four. Weird Mike, you got honors. We're heading for the blue tees, bud. Those are the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like to play Texas two-step. Go to the back tee, take two steps in. See? Well, back in the heyday, anyway. Yep. Yep. Weird pick, folks. Good to be back with honors. Here on the 10th tee, a.k.a. week 10. We're five and four. I love golf. And uh, we got back in the winning column with the Kansas City Chiefs, as predicted here. Too much versus not enough in the Cleveland Browns. Baker kept it close for a bit. The whole Mahomes thing was cute. And uh, KC pulled away. 
So got us back in the wind column. Off the schneid. Off the schneid. Schneid, if you're out there. Call into the show. Holler back. Let us know if you're pissed off about being the schneid. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been my Twitter handle. The schneid. <laughs> By the way, it's at WeirdMike24. There you go. I'm hollering at every primetime game, giving you the first touchdown. Uh, we hit about three, four a year. We it's a long shot already. pick, but it pays a lot. All right. We're talking about Dallas coughing up that game. But, you know, there really is no love for Tennessee winning that game. Road games in the NFL are tough. Any way you slice it, okay? Sure, Dallas coughed it up. Sure, Dallas did that. Sure, Jerry's got a bunch of skeletons in his closet. But Tennessee won the game, and they are rolling at the right time. They are now home to Tom Shady and the New England Patriots getting six and a half points weird pick of the week the tennessee titans plus six and a six and a half at home against the perennial stud tom shady and billy b all right couple reasons i like to pick all right first off it's tennessee's only home game in six weeks london by dallas home two road games when you sandwich one, that puts a lot of pressure on the one game. You got to show well. Remember, they don't got to win. So there's a weird angle for you. Home field. The Chargers had a situation like this earlier in the year. It was their only home game in seven weeks. And they steamrolled by like 30. Okay? Uh, and we've established on this show. It's been one of our themes. The only revenge that really matters is playoff revenge. It doesn't matter what happened in the regular season. Not even free agency matters as much anymore because all these guys are boys. Playoff revenge. They beat the Titans in the playoffs, knocked them out. It was a good season. It was a solid foot forward. So I like that. And there's a lot of former Patriots. I know you're on the flip side of this angle. Absolutely. Of course I am. You think that, and I'm interested to hear what you got to say about this VOG. I think that all the former Patriots players, when they get a chance to play their former team, it means more to them to prove that they're not part of the system and that they can be productive outside of the Patriot way. Whereas the Patriot way, when you're absolved in it, a middle-of-the-season road game coming off a couple of hot wins, uh, you know it's about the Patriot way. So it's not about me or, you know, I, I see it that way with Vrabel and Logan and Butler. You know, we talk about Butler having a bad year. Look for him to bust out. The worst year in uh, for all cornerbacks in the league. I think he's like the 132nd ranked corner by Pro Football Focus. Um, yeah, so reasons for the Pats. Yeah. It's Bill. He's smarter than all of them. So they might do well in, in their new system, but he's still way smarter than you. Uh, Tom's still employed by the Patriots. Uh, it's a short week for Tennessee. and I think in some cases, I'll give Butler credit like a little bit. I've seen a whole bunch of excellent cornerbacks over the years transfer teams after just dominating for years and really struggling for the first eight. Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis. Uh, Nandi Asawa, when he went from Oakland to Philly. Oakland to Philly. Yeah. Struggled. Yeah, true story. Yeah. Right? Steph Gilmore first started uh, his, his career with New England, or started, started his career with Buffalo, went to New England, struggled for half the year. Made a ma massive play against Jacksonville last year. Not the worst. Not the worst in the league. You don't see right. struggle. But now here's the thing: if you are struggling as a DB, it is not the place you want to be going. I don't care where you play, home, outer space, anywhere. If I'm struggling at DB <laughs> with one day less to prepare, last thing I want to see is Tom Brady show up on my doorstep. Which brings us to our you picks. You. All right, Q-Picks, ladies and gentlemen. That's Obi Trice, real name, no gimmick. Uh, woo! <laughs> That's Ric Flair for you. I get a little fired up, but it's the middle of the season. What else would you be rather barving doing? Uh, with the Panthers and Steelers t uh, up tonight. Hopefully you're listening to our show right when it gets released on Thursdays. Uh, but I'm, that game's a bit too close to call. I'm going to give you some props picks later on in the show. But uh, it's right now it's Steelers by four and a half. I don't know. Sounds about right. Going to be a no, great game. No clue. Okay. My gold pick, which has won four weeks in a row. 
We are again 28, 29, and 1. Coming off two winning weeks. Last week, three, four, and one. I got three and four. Our gold pick is going totally against Weird Michael. And I'm taking New England minus six and a half with my gold pick. I feel like that was bronze pre-show, and it got bumped up to gold. Feel however you want. You know, you can send me some emojis if you want. But with a gun to your head, Hawk Media, we can do the sound effect. I want. I missed that gun because uh, I don't even know if you like your pick. I absolutely gun to your head. Patriots by six and a half or Titans by plus six and a half with a gun to your farvin head. I'm taking the Titans six and a half this week. Well, all right, I'll bring the shoddy. To uh, to Sunday's football watching, because uh, man, I'm gonna ride with Tom with one more day to prepare against a head coach. Bel- Belichick's preparing against a head coach that he used to coach. Rabel was his old middle linebacker. I'm getting less than a touchdown. I love it. Patriots have never looked better. Titans, you know, had a well fought, hard game against Dallas. Uh, yeah, I think Gordon's gonna eat him for lunch. I'm taking New England minus six and a half. Our silver pick, I'm taking Seattle plus 10 at the LA Rams. Again, as we mentioned with the Packers uh, two weeks ago, LA is not a tough place to play, okay? And their flaws aren't going away until Akib Talib comes back. I think Russ Wilson's and uh, their receivers are going to have a pretty decent day against the Rams secondary. I like them to keep it close. Seattle's playing great football. Uh, don't let the Chargers game be swayed. It was a pretty close game for a while, and uh, the score doesn't really pay homage to uh, how Seattle played, especially in the first half. So I'm taking Seattle plus 10. That number's way too big. The public loves the Rams. Don't be a public sheep. Hop on Seattle with the Sharps. Okay, our bronze pick. Taking Indianapolis minus three at home to Jacksonville. I know Jacksonville's not as bad as maybe everyone thinks they are right now, but I think Indy's just a lot better than everyone thinks they are right now. I like their coach. Agree. I like uh, their quarterback coach. I like their quarterback. I still think there's something wrong with his arm, which is why I wouldn't take him against you know amazing teams. But he won't challenge Ramsey too much. He doesn't care who he throws to. The Colts could throw to like ten different receivers and three running backs. They are going to march the the ball down the field slowly but surely and win a pretty uninspiring game because I think the Colts defense is pretty good and they're going to shut Blake down because Blake still sucks. Him and and Dak, they will suck for, I'd say, 80% of their careers. Pretty much right now. Uh, So I'll take Andrew Luck, minus three, at home to Blake Portals and anyone. I just don't think keep up. This game will finish 24-13. to Take Indy. Okay, just to wrap through the last three, I'm taking Dallas plus seven at Philadelphia. I know I've been ripping Dallas apart, ripping Dak apart. Didn't see that one coming. I know, but again, bet the numbers, not your teams with emotions, okay? Seven points is too much. Dallas's defense is really good. And uh, if it was six and a half, wouldn't take it. Seven's nice. They'll take the full touchdown. It's also Sunday Night Football, and again, an insanely desperate game for the Cowboys. Yeah, football teams just generally win desperate games sometimes, especially when, for the most part, they're talented enough to do so. Fortunately, not a quarterback. Dallas loses the game, covers the spread. I'm taking Atlanta, minus four and a half at Cleveland, okay? Uh, watching that Baker Mayfield, Pat Mahomes pregame thing on Sunday was incredible. If you missed it on ESPN Countdown, check it out on YouTube. Baker versus Mahomes. They put up like, what was it, like 1,500 yards, 1,600 yards of offense. With other humans on the field. With other humans on the field at Oklahoma and Texas Tech. It was awesome. I feel like Baker's due for one of those games soon, but I don't think it'll be enough against Atlanta. They are hot right now. Take Atlanta. I think they win by a touchdown. Minus four and a half at Cleveland. This was at home. It would be seven and a half. Four and a half's nice. Uh, the Cleveland home field advantage right now isn't that scary. They hate their team, too. <laughs> the good old days are back. At right. The exactly. Baker's like the only safe one. Um, anyway, I'm taking New Orleans minus five and a half at Cincy. This is actually really uh, has a big factor of A.J. Green's injury. A.J. Green will not be playing this game. It's a massive part of their offense. Andy Dalton just throwing checkdowns to Joe Mixon all the game isn't going to get it done. They're good enough to cover Taj Boyd. And again, with still with no Eifert. I think Cincinnati's offense has just let them down. And uh, yeah, New Orleans just added Des Bryant. They just got better. They're going to outscore him anything by 
less than a touchdown with New Orleans, not facing a playoff team. I think he got taken the rest of the year, barring injury. So those are my six teams. New England, Seattle, Indy, Dallas, Atlanta, New Orleans. Those are your Q picks. Woo! Obviously, the gold pick, you know. Yeah, rattles your chain. Gun to your head. Does that mean my gun's on you? Sure. No, sure. I'll, I'll ride with Tom over the Titans by a touchdown. Go back 15 years. I think he just destroys every one of these games. So I like... Uh, Going back to Eddie Farvin George. I like Atlanta a lot. Which was another guy not picked on your uh, all-star squad, which got left off our Instagram post, and you were a bit cheesed about it. Eddie George, baby. Yeah, I was cheesed. You guys still got no respect for numbers, man. Curtis Martin. <laughs> Fifth all-time NFL Russian. Did you know that? As, Irrelevant. As one of our... Uh, Antonio your team, Gates. Your team sucks. Revolutionized the position. It changed the way everybody <laughs> drafted tight ends. Ed Reed. Rude boy. Jimmy Johnson. Coolest dude ever, Love bro. Him. Yep. It wasn't okay. who makes your dick hard. It was who's the best ever to look, do it. it you look, everyone's got a pick every now and then that just sewers your whole team. Okay? It happens in fantasy as we're going to get into it in about one minute. But you picked Keyshawn Johnson, and as multiple look who's talkers pointed out from three different countries, he shouldn't have even been on the Farvin ballot. Okay, three he different wasn't. countries. He wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Three K- different countries hating on Keyshawn. You got it. Okay, <laughs> I think one of them's still Gruden. Okay, uh, just wrap up your pick there. I think the whole notion of it, Matt Ryan not playing outdoors, I think that's really fueling him. Yeah. Like, you know, this guy's got this potentially on-the-fence Hall of Fame career, could teeter either way if he gets another Super Bowl or appearance or whatever. But everybody just can't bet on him outdoors. Everybody's flooding the Redskins. You, can't bet him on doors. The Cleveland line's lower than it should be. Right, but they're so hot. The Vegas knows that this isn't just some weird thing, bro. Matt Ryan's got a weak ball in the wind. Always has. I think that tide turns. Remember, you know, all trends come to an end. Indeed. Well, this is why I took them, but that's why the number's yeah, so low. I, I like that. Because uh, like they that should thing. be way more. All right. Uh, my fantasy team got smoked. The Lord knows how all of your fantasy teams did. He is, of course, the Almighty. You're dropping like... <laughs> I know. I'm dropping. Our fantasy guru give us some tips, baby. Oh, baby. Thank you, Jeffrey. Fantasy news that matters. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Fantasy news. That matters. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, yeah, we're heading to the Week 10 matchups. It is, if you play in a normal, a proper league, uh, Week 14 is the first, or Week 15, sorry, is the first week of the playoffs. So, it's final stretch. I didn't even know that. It's coming up, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Because Week 17, if you have a league, that, and Week 17, the final week of the season where all the starters sit, and you're playing your championship week, quit that league. Defriend that commissioner and just... Like he's a lefty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's a lefty. <laughs> But she's not a fantasy commissioner. Anyways, um, playoffs are coming up. So it's it's cuffing season. Yes, in a sexual sense, that if you're single, you should uh, you should find someone to settle down with for the winter. It's right. cold here in Canada. You need a Netflix and chill, buddy. But it's also handcuff season, i.e. if you have one of the top stud running backs, the Todd Gurley's, the Zeke's, those guys of the world, that's driving your team uh, to the you know fantasy immortality uh, to the championship – you need anything could happen. They could snip, slip on a banana peel. They could get hit by a bus. You need to have the insurance policy on them now if you don't already. So uh, running down sort of the big the big guys uh, to to take care of, uh, Kareem Hunt, Spencer Ware, grab him. If you have David Johnson, you need Chase Edmonds. If you're a Joe Mixon owner, snag Giover, Giovanni Bernardi now. He is just getting back. Uh, he's a little that's, injured, but that's me. He's literally talking to me. Yes, Jeff, <laughs> yeah. get you, get you a Bernard. But he he might be snatched up in the league already. Uh, I'm a Todd Gurley owner, so I have now Malcolm Brown just taking it easy. Hopefully, I'll never need him, but it's the insurance policy. Get it, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Grab grab Rod Smith for Christian McCaffrey. You want C.J. Anderson? That's a sneaky good pick. Um, you know he's got some relevance. Yeah, for sure. If Christian goes down. Um, so yeah, snag him even if you have an extra spot before McCaffrey owner does and ransom him. Um, also, last last but not least, uh, w- Wayne Gallman from the New York Giants. He is Saquon's handcuff, so grab him now. Right. Eli can apparently only throw about five to ten yards, so whoever's in there, that's who's getting it. It works, but yeah, um, we're recording Wednesday night, so waivers already happen, but... If these people are for some reason still on your waiver wire and you need any of these positions, 
Grab them immediately. Um, in priority order, starting with the wide receivers. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's has blown up in the last couple of weeks with some solid numbers, um, at least you know double-digit points in the last three weeks. And Geronimo Allison has now been placed on IR. His value is going up. And yeah, in Sunday Night Football, he had a beauty grab couple. Um, also, Christian Kirk out of Arizona, in Arizona, uh, LA Chargers. Grab one of the Williams brothers, whoever, however you can get your hands on Tyrell or Mike uh, in Houston, Mister Kiki Kuti. He's coming back soon. Moving to running backs, uh, top guys I like that will probably still be on your waivers. Duke Johnson uh, out of Cleveland. They've got a pretty favorable schedule coming up, and yeah, catches the ball. He's got a good, uh, good high high floor, as we say. Uh, moving to Seattle, Mike Davis. Um, or New York Jets, Elijah McGuire. He has returned and, uh, yeah, had some value already. Looking at the tight ends, um, Indianapolis, Jack Doyle, New York Jets, uh, Chris Herndon, and Denver. I'm going to butcher this, but Jeff Hurman. Yeah. That guy. Uh, I yeah. see him at the Jeff meetings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He sits in the he's J a section. J, yeah, he's a J Jeff. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. We, yeah. We, I mean, we see each other at the coffee stand. Real prick. It's right in the middle of the room. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm on the fun side. <laughs> he's been getting a lot of love from Case Keenum. So, yeah, Jeff Hurman. Last but not least, Mr. Ben Watson of the New Orleans Saints. There's a G off. Plays with the Cowboys. Oh, wow. Jeff Swaim. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's hurt or something. I don't know. Swamesy. I mean, he wasn't at the meeting either. So <laughs> You took him to get first touchdown. I know. He wasn't even in. Some other white guy looked just like him. I've just been proposed a trade on the air, VOG. Wow. Let's hear it. Blockbuster. I've been offered Keenan Allen, Tariq Cohen, Evan Ingram, and Nick Chubb. Four, Julian Edelman and Michael Thomas. Four for two. Wow. L- let me take a look at this. What do you think, bro? He's got to take I, a look. Can I take a look? I, I, it was hard to remember all the names right away. <sighs> Keenan Allen's been underproducing. I'm not straight. I'm not doing it. I'm not Dayton Thomas. He's my stud. No, I probably wouldn't either. No, that's why he's offering it's... four. Four for two. Yeah. But he's thinking that I'm going to sell him because and of... Uh, it's like me giving you five... And... Some of these trades are like that. It's like no. me giving you five no. shoes for your bike. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but it's five shoes. Fantasy tip. The answer yeah. is no, Tyler Burnell. Package no. Um, although Nick Chubb, though, he's going up. Need him back. I like him. If they were ever winning games, they'd be using him. <laughs> um... All right, uh, just a little. Oh, a little quick thing. Okay. I th- we were having we were having a great time this weekend again at the Santa Claus Ski Show. Okay, and uh, Craig again, voice of God's brother, the brother of the Lord, the broad, <laughs> <laughs> the BOG, <laughs> the BOG. I love it. Um, he's got a dog, Lucy, right? And uh, with his uh, with his, with his fiance Ashley there, and you know everyone when you when you walk up to a dog, everyone's got a dog voice. You know, even the toughest guys in the world, it's just acceptable that you could talk to a dog like an idiot. You know, like hey, he was a good boy. You know, it's just normal, right? Yep. No. No. A- everyone does. And you can't even you never even judge anyone else's dog. Some are voice. We- well, I, some no. are weirder than others. Yeah, some guys but... are real douchey with their dog voices. But I experienced something this weekend that's weirder than all of that. Somebody not having a dog voice whatsoever. Okay? I'm intrigued. I was getting ready, getting the flyboard, like, ready to go. By the way, it was minus two. This is why it raises so much food and money, because, like, it's really cold. Okay? And it's a sight to see. It was far and cold. And, you know, I'm getting all, my, all the equipment ready, and this guy comes by to talk to Lucy, and he goes, and, and he's like, oh, wait, what's the name of your dog? Right, and uh, I think your sister Kara, who great water skier as well, was there. He's like, "Oh, it's it's my brother, it's Lucy." Right, and the guy's like, "Hello, Lucy, <laughs> serial killer." You know yeah. what I mean? Was it Ben McAdoo? <laughs> Maybe. Wow, anyway, that is hello, Lucy. Anyway, if, if you don't have a dog voice, uh, I don't trust you. Okay, I don't even care what it sounds like. Maybe dogs are furious that we're all coming up to them with bullshit voices. Hey, I'm not saying I talk to them like like a total idiot. Like, you know, you but like soft and like nice and jokey, excitable you know, like, voice. No, I got like what you're saying. Maybe you know the dog. But I'm like, just trying to put myself in the dog's shoes. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I, used to, you know, like Rudy. Like, hey, Rudy, what's up, buddy? You know. But like, hello, Rudy. Like, you know, <laughs> unless you're joking, it's weird. Okay, it's like a lot of things in life. All right. Speaking of joking, it's everyone's favorite part of the show, 
And Huck Media, make, he twists his mustache to this one. Woo! Happy Movember, everybody. We'll get the note donation page up soon. Going to a the Lord himself, not the bog, but the VOG uh, for the news that doesn't matter. Oh baby, we got a we got a full docket this week. A lot of juicy news that does not matter whatsoever. Love it. Let me cook some bacon. Get ready for this. Oh baby, let's go. Uh, starting with our celly of the week, lot big week. A lot of strong candidates. Uh, we're going to start with some honorable mentions. First, the Seahawks for their entire offense had a, an incredible choreographed dance. They did the thing where you like one knee to the other and you you crisscross. And, and the guy like Carlton threw. It's probably called something else. Yeah, it was it was it was beautiful. Uh, honorable mention, not the winner. Also, defensive honorable mention, not that it was even a touchdown, but uh, a pick. Uh, Kevin <laughs> Byard of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Picking off Dak in the red zone and pulling a good Terrell Owens, running to the center of the field and, you know, presenting himself to the world in the middle of the star. Yeah. Um, yeah. Couple Shit. things, just right off the bat with that. One, Tutio did it tough as, like, tough as fuck. Like, he did it. He knows he's a massive dude. And he just stood there proudly, like, literally looking at, at heaven, you know, looking at the top of Texas Stadium. Byard. Did it and was like looking over his shoulder immediately. Like, is somebody yeah. coming? He was waiting to get you know? speared. And secondly, if I'm a Dallas Cowboy, because whoever, I forget who it was, but he lived down in Dallas infamy for hitting T.O. off that star. You know, right. he doesn't have to buy a beer in Dallas ever yeah. again. He did get pushed off it, Bayard. But it could have been more violent. Darren Woodson, I think it was. I think it was Darren. Anyway, whoever, whoever was that Cowboy that came and pushed him off, Jerry Jones, buying you whiskey the rest of your life yeah absolutely um but the winner uh mr michael thomas obviously he balled out with a huge game but on a 70 yard touchdown pass from mr drew Brees, running it in the end zone and really the the uh i guess the premeditated nature of this is what really uh drove it home for me but he run, runs to the the goal post and i guess he had stashed an old flip phone that he bought at the convenience store underneath there pulls it out uh, you know, starts talking on it, paying respect to Joe Horn, who did it back in 2003. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. Just talking on the cell phone. I don't know if you guys saw. I'm sure my boy did. Michael I, Thomas. I saw it. Normally, I'd love it, but I, I I don't think I've ever agreed with Matt Hasselbeck before. <laughs> we're gonna score and we're gonna win. <laughs> what happened, Bud? Yeah. Welcome to Green Bay. Uh, but he said, I I don't mind it if we were up by 25. Not up by 10 with four minutes left against the best team in the NFC. Ballsy. The game wasn't over. Would have been a bad luck 15 if they lost. 15-yard pe penalty could have been a factor. But they didn't lose. That was great. Um, yeah, shout out, to, uh, shout out to Thomas as well. He's Every game, he's rocking a pair of Jordan 11 Concords. They're beautiful. Love it. And shout out to flip phones. You guys. Yeah, you no, were, that's why I loved it. I'm like, I haven't seen a flip, flip phone in forever. Flip phones were a ton of fun. When you could angrily snap it shut, oh, yeah. hanging up. Oh, yeah. That's the worst way to get hung up on. Um, <laughs> other news that didn't matter. Vegas casino owners aren't very happy this weekend because they got taken to the cleaners. Um, yeah, pour one out. They're very hard done by. Fuck them. The MGM. No, this is sarcasm. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, don't yeah. give a shit. Screw but them. Uh, each casino really lost like seven to ten million dollars because a lot of the favorites all hit. And Vegas, Vegas sets the line. So they get, you know, roughly 50 per, 50 50, you know, betting from the public. And a lot of people were not betting 50-50. They all loved the favorites. The favorites hit. So, yeah, all the, uh, you know, GoFundMe pages for these casino owner, manager types. Yeah, apparently, even though they weren't even the favorites, apparently Pitt, the Pittsburgh game really screwed them. The public loves Pittsburgh. And when they're an underdog, everyone in the United States bets it. And they won. Yep. Convincingly. So the teasers and everything gets through, you know. All the parlays you got and it. long shots. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw at the very end of the Texans Broncos games. Pretty good game, exciting game. Um, but yeah, Brandon, Brandon McManus, as you mentioned, yep. missed the field goal, fifty-one yarder. They probably could have kept driving to make it short. They had thirty-nine seconds to get yeah, some more yards. Very questionable move, but yeah, Bill O'Brien also <laughs> loved it. Um, Vance McDonald's incompetency, um, and yeah, really, really showed it. So there was some zoomed-in cameras on him. You really can't do anything as a head coach, but as he's running off the field at the end of the game after you know they get the walk-off victory. You can see him yelling towards Vance McDonald. Good job, Vance, you dumb fuck. <laughs> it was, uh, I don't think I've ever seen a more clear lip reading in my life. Right. It's like, that, there's no way he didn't say that. So it was amazing all over Twitter. Uh, but 
What is the news that doesn't matter without an entire section dedicated to the Buffalo Bills? <laughs> the yeah, as we talked about um, early or last week, the Peterman reality tour lives on, and oh my God, it did not disappoint. He adds another illustrious pick six to his resume, um, and a couple other in- interceptions to match. They weren't. They really weren't even his fault. Two of them were like fumbles, but they hadn't been totally caught yet. They so they ended up being picks. They all count. They don't say how, they say how many. Right. But um, yeah, he's actually, all of those, despite throwing all those picks, his career passer rating rose to about 30%, 30, 35, which is the lowest for any quarterback throughout the history with X amount of minimum starts. Um, But yeah, his... His production is has really evened itself out this year, and by that I mean he's thrown three touchdowns to his own team, but he's thrown three pick sixes, huh. so he is netted at negative or zero points. Right, right. They, he skipped that class. <laughs> he yeah. skipped that class on who to throw to. But yeah, there's a. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this vog. Uh, there's a. Uh, I mean, I feel bad even talking about this. Like the guy's a real person, but he doesn't listen to the Farvin show. Uh, there's a GoFundMe account started by Bills fans with the goal of raising $1 million to get him to retire. Oh my <laughs> it was formerly to buy him out. And yeah. there's a new one saying, just retire and here's money. Yeah. Just stop. It's got a couple hundred bucks. Like, it's it's bad. Like, literally start anyone. Right. Pick up anyone and it'll be better than that. Uh, also, yeah. Also, um, I don't know if you guys saw this one. But a um, bit of a mystery in the or New Era field the other week. Um, somebody, as they were coming to their seats for this week's game, they found a nifty little turd underneath their bleacher seat. <laughs> yeah, a human-sized poo. And they believe it is human. They said it could be a large dog, but they believe <laughs> the best bets are that it was from a human. Um, but yeah, it just raises so many questions because these were good seats. These were right behind the end zone, right. section 122. This wasn't up in the nosebleeds. So when did this happen? How did this happen? Like, did someone smuggle it in? There's a lot of conspiracy theories going on out there. It gets cold, Ralph. You know, they just got to do what you got to do. I got a primetime bathroom new era story. Oh, God. Monday we, night. Please continue. It's not yours, was it? No. Oh, it's mine. The turd's not mine. <laughs> okay. okay I, wasn't, I turned down tickets to the Ralph because of the amazing game. Right. But uh, we're at the Ralph Monday Nighter, Dallas Cowboys, row four, Phil Nolan, Weird Mike, uh, Bill's 10-point underdogs, and it's the fourth quarter, and it's a tie game, Romo, and I got to go to the washroom. I'm row four. I turn around. There's three minutes in the game. There's no way I'm getting to the top of my section. There is no aisle. You turn back and there's 60 rows of gridlock. Right. Because when you're on like row two, three, four, like it's a long way to the top. Can't go to the washroom. Got to pee. Drinking all day. Everybody's standing. Big third down. Here's my moment. I squat down, bend down behind my seat to pee in my beer cup. Well, doesn't Romo do something crazy exciting like uh, a bootleg on a third and long? Yeah, yeah. And I shot up forgetting that I was pissing into my cup <laughs> to look at the play. And my pee starts going down some guy's leg in row three. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, wow. And he, he just turns around. He's like, what's happening? Like, is this going to... And then I'm putting my dick back in my pants. <laughs> and this guy's a season ticket holder 20 years. He's calling the security guard on the field. He's Probably like, hey, not. Arnold, man, this guy's got to go, man. Get him. And I'm like, Probably please, sir, I, I apologize 100 times over. <laughs> you know, here's some money. I think I had $10 U.S. Seven. and $10 Canadian. Seven. And he took my Canadian $10 bill, and he's like, what's this? And it was the old ones, and he ripped it. Like, I don't want your money. <laughs> That's a crime. Thank God something else crazy happened in that game. Yeah. And it took his attention away from it. And I like slit, shuffled down the aisle. We got to go. Like Start the game. Eight, no, no, like eight to 10 seats, <laughs> which was still remarkably invisible from where he was. And uh, it's crazy in there. The Ralph is uh, next level. Yep. Bathroom things can happen it's at the Ralph. Barbarism, you know, <laughs> and it's bad. It's, it's most. You uh, fill me in next recent. week. I want to know the. Uh, the details on that turtle. Of all course, right. we'll keep you posted. Uh, Maybe in the news that matters. Yeah, for all you Look Who's Talkers, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing, rating, reviewing, subscribing. Tell your friends. They like football. They like having a good time. They like winning some dough. Listen to Look Who's Talking. Uh, if you are the guy that Weird Mike peed on, message the show. 
We'll get you on it as a guest. We'll get the other side of the story. All right? That was one of the greatest games in history. I was also there. Uh, Voice of God, thank you, Lord. Have a great week, everybody. And, oh, yeah, one of my favorite bets, and uh, Royal pointed this out, my boy. It's like, why don't you tell your listeners this? How You always pick it. Some quarterbacks to get over one and a half touchdowns. And, you know, besides Brady, Rodgers, the guy, Breeze. I like Cam Newton on Thursday night to throw over one and a half touchdowns. Book it right now. Hopefully you listen to this and it already happened. On behalf of Look Who's Talking, baby, and Huck Media's mustache. See you next week. Woo! I'm gonna piss on it.